Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking to emotional freedom technique practitioner, Eric Almeida. Almeida. Uh, I said that wrong. <laughs> You're all good, Dion Almeida, but thank you. Uh, thank you for joining with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I don't believe I know much about um, emotional freedom technique practitioner. I didn't even know that was a thing until you reached out. Yeah, it's it's not as well known. So the emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping, it was invented back in the 80s. And so essentially the way the technique works is you tap on 10 different points on your body uh, that are lined up with the meridians as part of uh, Chinese herbal medicine. So it's similar points that would be used in acupuncture. And as you're tapping on those points, you talk about some kind of issue that is upsetting you or if you have some kind of traumatic memory that you're trying to work on. And the purpose of the tapping is that it helps calm down the fight, flight, or freeze response in the brain. So it helps calm down the amygdala of the brain, which allows you to bring the emotional charge of whatever you're experiencing down so you can properly process those emotions. So for example, if I had a client who was afraid of public speaking and they wanted to get past that, I would have them come in, I would have them assess how strong of a fear that they have with that on a scale of zero to 10, zero being they're not scared at all, and 10 being they're petrified beyond belief. And so they would pick a number based upon how they're feeling at that moment, and then we would tap on that round, and I would guide them through the tapping, and they would reply to what I'm saying as we're tapping on the 10 different points. And the goal with EFT is to not only reduce that emotional charge on the contemporary issue, but to also discover the sources of those issues in traumatic memories from the past. So a lot of times, as you're doing the tapping on a contemporary issue, after we finish a round or two of tapping, memories will start to come up of like, yeah, you know, I remember, you know, back in middle school, I was giving this presentation and it just didn't go well, and the teacher was mad at me, and the kids in the class made fun of me, and I was so embarrassed. And so using that hypothetical fear of public speaking example, that would be one of the core memories that is feeding into the contemporary issue. So then we would do tapping on that specific memory and get that emotional charge on that memory down to zero, and then assess to see where where the person lies with the contemporary issue, with the fear of public speaking. And typically for most issues, when you process approximately three memories down to zero, so no emotional charge, the contemporary issue will either be significantly reduced or completely gone altogether. Because essentially what's happening is what makes those memories traumatic and holding on the emotional charge is that they are still activating that fight, flight, or freeze response in your mind. And your mind is holding on to those memories because something that was perceived as something dangerous 
was was experienced and your mind is like we're going to remember this to help protect you to keep you to so that you can survive going forward now in regards to a conventional fear like so we all need the fight flight or freeze response it's what allowed humanity to survive it's what it's that reaction you have like if you're driving on the highway and someone starts merging into your lane you jut out of the way it's that same reaction you have if you come across maybe like you're going for a hike and like you there's a snake on the path and you you jump back right yeah so we need that response but in regards to traumatic memories that that system is being activated unnecessarily and so by bringing the emotional charge down to zero on a, that traumatic memory you still remember the memory but there it you still remember the the, the information and the facts and the and some of the details but there's it no longer provokes an emotional charge and then your mind can just let it go and then whatever it's feeding in the present when it comes to any contemporary issue it will start to go away and so with EFT you you do that and you just keep repeating the process until whatever the contemporary issues the person wants to work on are resolved to their satisfaction wow it really is an interesting line of work. Um, how did you get into it, if you don't mind me asking? Because that's oh. not like every kid's dream or you don't hear <laughs> that every day. I want to be an emotional practitioner technique. No, for sure. So so for me, uh, what started my journey becoming an EFT practitioner is uh, two years ago, I was working in subsidized housing, uh, you know, very rough work, government paperwork, very technical. And it was leaning very much onto like the logical part of my personality. And the more, the emotional part of myself, I had just been completely ignoring for years and years and years and years. Um, I had suppressed so much of it. You know, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid and it was just, it was a way that I defended myself for a long time. And essentially, you know, I was at work, I was, processing my normal paperwork with one of the residents. Everything was pretty normal. And then I just started to just feel like something was wrong. And just my heart started racing, my my arms and legs started to go numb, and I I thought I was having a heart attack. And so I end up calling an ambulance. I'm completely freaking out. I'm hyperventilating. I, you know, I'm losing my, I'm like, like, I'm losing my vision. Like, it's like everything's closing in. And I even call my husband and leave him a voicemail basically saying goodbye because I, I truly thought I was dying. It was it was really horrific. And the paramedics showed up and they knew exactly what was happening. I was having a panic attack. And so, you know, they, they, they calmed me down. They told me what was going on. They stayed with me until I felt more secure. And then my husband came and picked me up from work and took me home. And so, I just, I tried to go to work the next day and was kind of like, you know, that was really weird. I don't know, don't know why that happened. I must just be a little stressed out, whatever, whatever. And I, I couldn't go to work again. I, I would get to work and immediately start freaking out and have to leave. I tried again the, the, the day after that and I'd get like halfway down on the highway. And I was just like, nope, nope, I, I can't. I just, I really can't. And so I turned around and went back home and I ended up taking a leave of absence from that job. 
and it got it got to the point where I actually became agoraphobic. I I was scared to leave my house. I I couldn't oh. go to the I couldn't go to the grocery store. I I kind of locked myself into one room in the house, the the guest bedroom on the first floor, because I was I was I was petrified, and like, you know, that panic attack kind of showed that like my mind had kind of shattered. And I, I didn't realize I had been kind of white knuckling it for a long time, that I had been suppressing so much of myself for a very long time. So I reached out to a therapist that I knew and was like, Sarah, I'm like, I need your help. This is what happened. I'm freaking out. Can you help me? And can we do it over the phone? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm too, I'm too scared to, to leave my house. And, um, and so essentially, um, she, you know, she was a conventional therapist that had also incorporated EFT into her work. And we were doing the tapping over the phone and it was helping me a lot. And after about a month of working with her, the, the agoraphobia went away. Um, I ended up leaving that job because I, I realized it just wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for me anymore. And I ended up continuing to work with her, continuing to do a lot of self-work, digging up a lot of the skeletons I had buried from my past, you know, dealing with a lot of the bullying I went through, you know, and all kinds of other just tra traumas from my past that I had buried ages and ages and ages ago. And later that, so that happened in the summer of 2018. By the winter of that year, I ended up being confident enough to start my own business. I ended up opening up an antique store. I did that for about a year before I closed it back, before all this COVID silliness started. And, um, and I ended up discovering that uh, becoming an EF tech practitioner was even an option for me. Because when I went to college, my initial plan was to become a clinician, was to become a therapist. And when I graduated, I I did some work in a residential program for children and it was really tough you know these kids a lot of them had gone through the foster care system and it was such a lot of sad stories and I realized at that time you know back when I was 21 22 I'm like I'm not ready to to do this as, as my job but then after doing all this work on myself with the EFT I've become so much more confident I've become so much more emotionally integrated for, for a long, long time with my emotions. You know, something would happen and then I wouldn't feel it for a couple of days. Like I was that disconnected from my emotions and it was, it was really horrible. And so, but with the EFT work, like I was, you know, I, I was more emotionally integrated. I was more confident. I was more ambitious and I had more drive, I had more energy than I ever thought I, I ever thought I could. Like I, I never thought I could be where I am today. You know, even just talking to you, Dion, like there, you know, for a long time I hated public speaking. It literally scared the ever-living crap out of me. And so even doing a podcast with you, I'd be petrified. I'd be freaking out for days. I'd be, you know, getting sick in the bathroom for days at a time. Like I, I couldn't handle it. And now it just it doesn't bother me anymore. I have the normal little butterflies, which is perfectly normal, and that's it. Otherwise, it's everything's fine. And so, like, 
you know, I ended up getting my certification and training during all this COVID silliness. And now I am, you know, talking to people like yourself to, to share this gift with other people because, you know, I had, I had seen other therapists in the past and they had helped in their own ways, but the EFT work just took it to that extra level of just having profound, lasting help. And, you know, and now I'm just sharing it with anyone who's ready to take that journey themselves. Wow. Well, and you're an incredible human being. <laughs> Thanks. Um, speaking of the COVID silliness, um, has that been helpful considering your line of work? Because obviously it's affected everyone's mental health in some massive way. So the need for mental health services because of COVID has certainly gone through the roof. Um, so technically, yes. Is it helpful? Yes. I, I, I have a hard time saying that because COVID has been so detrimental for so many people, but yes, for the mental health field, it has been benef- It has been beneficial because this work can be done remotely. So services like Zoom or Skype or just a conventional phone call, you could still get help when it comes to EFT work and other forms of talk therapy. So in that regards, this line of work is, is COVID immune in that extent. And so, so yeah, it, it's, un, it's unfortunate, mainly because people, people's livelihoods have been so negatively ap- affected by COVID you know, the stress of losing loved ones and dealing with so much more grief, the, you know, the stress that it's placing on romantic relationships, on marriages, on parents with little kids, having them home and then also turning into their teachers. So it's very unfortunate that it's, it's been beneficial because it's, it's just showing that every, everyone across the board is immensely more stressed out than they were before. Right, and it hasn't gotten easier, even though the vaccine is obviously out um, with the whole massive impact it had on the world. It's going to take a while for those vaccines to reach everyone. Hopefully it reaches everyone in a quick manner, but yeah, it's still a lot for all of us to handle. No, absolutely. I agree. I totally agree. You know, we are starting to see the light at the end of this horrific tunnel, which is great. It is giving people some hope. But at the same time, the 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 impact from COVID is going to be quite long lasting in a variety of ways, depending on different people. You know, I know a lot of colleagues and clients who've lost family members you know, during this time, whether or not it was because of COVID, but COVID still had an impact on their ability to even grieve. Right, because some people couldn't even really say goodbye to those um, people because of the virus. Yeah, it's, you know, like to use a personal example, you know, I've lost three family members since all this COVID stuff started. None of them because of COVID. It was just regrettably there all their times. And you know, like one of them was my uncle, my father's brother. And, you know, he passed away in Portugal and my parents couldn't go to the funeral. It, it, they couldn't fly overseas. It just wasn't a possibility. And so like 
you know, that's horrible that my father wasn't, you know, wasn't able to have that natural process of, you know, the funeral process for his own brother, his only brother, his only sibling. So it's, yeah, so it's even for the normal hardships that people endure in life, COVID has just made everything more complicated because we can't, we can't support each other. You know, I can't go to a friend's house and give him a hug if he's having a hard time. It's too, it's too risky. Right. Or, or some people are, or some people are too scared to do that. Even those who feel like they're not as much at risk if they're younger and healthier, but some people are just too scared. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's certainly a rough time for all of us. Well, I, my apologies for your loss. I can't imagine. I mean, even though it's not COVID related, it's still in some all extent COVID related because you couldn't properly say goodbye. So um, my apologies for your loss. That really couldn't have been easy. Thank Yeah, I, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm okay. You know, I had my grieving time. You know, I, I connected with my family, you know, remotely and things like that. And we, you know, we we did a lot of grieving over the phone. And so personally, I'm okay. I feel more concerned with my father. Um, he tends to be quite stoic. So, but, you know, it's still, you know, we have those kinds of rituals for a reason and for someone not to be able to go through it. it you know, it's tough. So. All right. So overall, in spite of the COVID craziness, you're doing okay mentally, and I'm thinking personally, not even though even though it's it's in some small way helpful for your line of work. How are you doing personally since this pandemic hit? Personally, I'm personally I'm doing well. I've ha- I've certainly had my moments. I've certainly had my moments where it was hard. So like I was away from my family during the Christmas holiday that hurt pretty bad. But, you know, I have the EFT to lean onto and things like that, so it it's it's made it a little bit easier. So for me personally, I yeah, for me personally 90% of the time I'm fine. I'm in a part, you know, I'm in Western Massachusetts. It's a more rural part of the country. It's still relatively functional. You know, you know, I'm still able to go out and go to the store. I'm still, you know, you could, you know, you could still go into shops and things like that, wearing masks and, you know, social distancing and limited occupation, uh, occupancy and things like that. So where I am, life has always been relatively ish normal. Like even at the worst of times, I could still go for walks and things like that because I am in such a rural area. I, I can't imagine and I don't recall where you are, Dion, but I can't imagine someone being in like a major city during this, like being confined to, you know, a 500 or a 900 square foot apartment or smaller. And then like not even having the like and being scared just to walk out of their apartment into the elevator to walk outside just to be encased in concrete anyway. Like I couldn't I couldn't I feel so bad for people in Boston or, or New York or L.A. like good god i couldn't imagine yeah it certainly hasn't been easy and to clarify where i'm located i'm in st petersburg florida um and it's not like a huge huge city like tampa or orlando but um it's still not a pretty sight for me to walk outside my door and all everyone's in masks like in a horror film or anything no like that. agreed um 
And agreed. As far as how I'm personally being affected by it, I'm doing slightly okay. Um, and since we're being honest here, um, the start of the pandemic, which would be January 2020, um, sort of had a different impact on me because I got diagnosed with diabetes around the time the pandemic decided to take over the world. So, Oh my goodness. <laughs> so while everyone is slightly freaking out, I have to be freaking out to make sure this virus doesn't kill me because if it, I hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes, well, I wouldn't have witnessed the pandemic. Um, on a more personal <laughs> note, but um, no, and of course, because that that puts so much more pressure on yourself because you had that diagnosis, so your things were already things had changed in your personal life very dramatically, and then on top of everything with the COVID, I can only imagine like being concerned or scared to even follow through with the medical needs that you need considering everything that was happening right i mean luckily the medical um needs were still achievable but um yeah unfortunately for me i'm part of that factor that if i get the virus eh, i'm not sticking around for long but um i've been managing okay um seeing as how it's been a almost well i guess not almost it's been a year of this pandemic and making it a year since i've been diabetic because it would be a year as of january 8th Mm so um all things yeah i was gonna i was just gonna ask how are now that it's been a year how are you adjusting to just that being part of who you are say I've adjusted quite well to it um it's funny because before um I got diagnosed um well before I got diagnosed everything was pretty much horrible because obviously I could have died I know people don't Hmm. really like to think about it that way but unfortunately that's the case with experiencing of symptoms of diabetes and not knowing they were diabetes related at the time um Overall, I've pretty much handled this um, drastic change in stride. Um, I had the privilege of taking a break from school, um, but that was before um, the schools were shut down due to the pandemic, obviously. So I was able to, you know, practice social distancing before that was even a thing. (laughs) Um, That's like my little side joke because, again, that news is a real huge... um, change for me so I didn't really feel it necessary to express it to everyone quite yet but um yeah I understand yeah I feel it pretty well um courtesy of zoom um when the pandemic hit I didn't have to feel so isolated or alone because um I went out around March I isolated myself for about two months or so January to February I went out once you know, I'm back to normal, and then bam, we're quarantined, which pretty much sucked. But like you've been saying earlier, courtesy of Zoom and the fact that everyone is taking the right precautions, um, 
I'm like totally getting off track here, but um No, it's okay. You're, you're but you're totally right. You know, if it wasn't if it we this is going to sound very odd. It is lucky that COVID happened when we had this amount of technology to lean on because if this happened even 10 years ago, <sighs> there wasn't there wasn't the internet you know, Zoom didn't, I don't think it didn't exist. Skype was still pretty, pretty early on. We, you know, we would have, you know, we like, we would have had phones and stuff, but we, we would have had garbage when it came to video. Like, you know, smartphones were barely existing back, you know, 10 years ago, and people would not have had the same access to webcams and things like that, like they do now. So like, I couldn't, you know, in that regard, you know, that is one thing to be grateful of is at least we had this technology to keep us more interconnected than we would have otherwise. Right. And um, because of my um, diagnosis, um, I saw it as a way of um, God God giving my life more purpose because I could have died, but I didn't. And my whole perspective pretty much changed. It was just pretty much a season of growth for me, really. Like, you were explaining how you weren't really big on public speaking and that's the case with many of your clients. Um, I've never been known to be super vocal. I was a super shy and quiet kid. My family and friends make fun of me when I was younger, like, oh, this is the quietest I've ever heard her or something. So <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you and me both. I was the quiet kid too. I was, you know, kept to myself, you know, kind of did my own thing. Yeah. But this and and look at you. Yeah. Now you you're hosting a podcast. It's amazing. Yeah, I find that to be really ironic, but um God's really called me to be more vocal this particular season, to be a warrior for change. Um I know I mentioned that in my little tagline in that um website that you found to be a guest. But um Yep. Yeah, I've just been using the power of my voice for good and I feel like that wouldn't have been possible well one if I had been diagnosed and if this virus didn't give us the chance to stop and take life slowly since no for sure and to, to, to circle back on one of the really important points you just made both you and I were able to get through this difficult time because we both were working on our purpose. So for you, it was, you know, the diabetes gave you a purpose to be more vocal. And with me, the, you know, becoming an EFT practitioner and then sharing that with people was my purpose as well. And it made it easier for us to endure this difficult hardship. So for your listeners, you know, for, for any of them who may feel like everything is lost if 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 one's purpose is taken away you will feel lost we as human beings we need a purpose we need something to live for and a lot of times for us it's work and that was taken away from a lot of us and the key is to if is to make to find something to keep you getting up every day whether it's family whether it's self-betterment whether it you know whether it's you know living up to you know to god's expectations of yourself it, it needs to be something that connects to you to each of us individually and a really useful thing 
if a person's like, well, I don't know what the hell my purpose is, look at the things that you're doing in your day-to-day life and pay attention to the times that you're doing something and you lose time. Where you're doing something and all of a sudden it's like, oh, like an hour went by and it felt like five minutes. <laughs> and then and then ask yourself, what did I just do that was so engaging to me? And some of you might be thinking, oh, I just watched Netflix for an hour. And it's like, well, okay, that, you know, what about what you were watching was so engaging? And then follow that thread. Because when we have those moments of losing time, it's because we're touching into something that resonates with us deep inside. And that you could follow those threads to discovering your own purpose. Because the more you're working on one's purpose, the more time will just go by like a snap. Right. I completely agree. Um, well, we're getting close to the end of our really insightful conversation. Is there anything you like to share with my listeners before we wrap up? Absolutely. So I would like to give all of your listeners a gift. So I would like to give, you know, for anyone who seems who's who might feel that EFT might be interesting to them and they want to give it a try, I'd like to offer them $30 off their first session with me and they can use the promo code Words of Heart, the name of this podcast, on my website, which is www.ericeft.com and that's Eric with a C. Awesome, Eric. Well, thank you for joining with me today. This was a really fun and I'm pretty sure inspiring conversation to many who are listening. And thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. No problem. And to my listeners, until next time.